G'day everyone and a big welcome back to the Big Swing Noting Podcast, sending those bells back to New South Wales since 2019 as we approach the end of 2020, but it is just the beginning of the 2020 uh, to 2021 summer of cricket here in Australia and boy is this shaping up to be entertaining as all hell. Um, the domestic season is now back underway, we've had two Two rounds of Sheffield Shield have all um, have already gone past without, um, or they've got a hub sort of thing going in South Australia, whatever you want to call it. I think a schedule's still sort of rolling around there. Um, but yeah, Victoria haven't played yet, which is sort of annoying. But nevertheless, there's some very interesting things to be drawn from there. Um, but yeah, just before before we get all back into that, I just want to say, you know, it has been a minute. Um, but I want, and it's been a few personal things going on in my life. But we've got a big, big summer of cricket planned here on the podcast, um, and we're ready to not just be here in the rant section um, and the ding, as this show I completely forgot was called actually. But um, we'll hopefully be having back to a group group podcasting with the other squad members, as we saw last summer, which seems like an eternity ago now. But um, that is still absolutely on the cards. Um, and we'll just have to see what transpires as the summer goes on. Um, but right now we can only work with what we've got. And um, that is episode four. Episode four of The Ding. So um, I'm going to focus on the Australian summer at the moment. I know I said I'd do an IPL sort of mid-season review or keep up with it. But... Um, it's, it's been a lot going on, and to be honest, I can't really add much to it that hasn't already been said, so I'll just keep things from an Australian perspective at the moment. Um, so the Sheffield Shield first round and second round has wrapped up already, and right off the bat, we can basically confirm a couple of things. Number one is Travis Head will be batting five in the Test Series um, for Australia. I think it's... It's basically a given at this point what he's got 100 and 171 not out. Or was it 181? I think it was 171. Um, but that was all he really needed. I think he was going to play regardless. But um, that that goes from him um, being a likely to being an, to being a lock. Um, so I think he really needed that for his um, international career. And I'm really glad for him that he can because I think he like he's still the same age as Manus. Um, I think that's what we established. Was he two years old? I can't remember. Um, regardless, I think he is definitely definitely has the potential to be the next Test captain for for Australia. Um, so it's good to see him scoring runs. But of course, the big topic that everyone has been talking about is Cameron Green. Um, I mean, how can you not talk about him? He's the man's just gone and scored 197. He he batted over well over a day, day and a half um, for the best of. Um, he scored a 50 in the first match as well, scored, I think, another 40. Um, so there was already discussions for him going into um, potentially taking Matthew Wade's spot in the number six position, just as a sole batsman. But um, obviously we haven't seen Matthew Wade bat yet. Um, I think he's going to be back next week, next round, um, or maybe he's back in this round, I'm not sure. He's, I know he's missing a few rounds for family reasons, so congratulations, by the way. To Matthew Wade, um, but we haven't seen him bat yet, so we can't like really rule him out. Even though he didn't have like a really eye-catching summer at all, especially by what we've um, 
become accustomed to over the last few years with him, especially in the domestic setup, and um, honestly, at this point in the test setup, um, where I don't think he scored anything over 40 or 36, which is like it's definitely not what definitely not ideal. But then again, like his opportunities were pretty pretty limited. Um, so I think his spot is certainly up for grabs. But the big thing with, for, for me about Cameron Green, and the big thing that everyone seems to be forgetting, or maybe everyone's not forgetting, and maybe maybe it's just all getting swallowed in the hype around his batting, is that Cameron Green is a genuine bowler, and he hasn't been bowling for, I think, about a year now, or just under a year. Um, and he's going to be bowling again this week. So... Um, that's where I was sort of leading into because the ODI squad for the India tour, um, for India touring Australia, uh, later this, later this, later next month, uh, last day in October, in a few days, um, and then it'll be November, and we will be well and truly into um, the India India season, if you like. Um, and this is going to be really really interesting. We've we've seen both squads now announced for sure. I'll give a closer. Um, prediction, if you like, and analysis as it um, as it properly approaches. But but what we got today was the Australian ODI and T20 squad, of of which um, it must be said a surprise. It was a surprise to me um, to see Cameron Green's name included in there. There was a couple other names um, that I'd like to break down a bit later. But yeah, Cameron Green is listed as an all rounder. Well, I he hasn't. Obviously, they don't list positions, but I I presume that that is what they're looking at because if you think about Australia's ODI team, right? Like oh, he can't play. There's no way Cameron Green can be playing a T20. He's, he averages well. He's played one season. He wasn't really that good. He was batting down at six. He didn't get much of a bat. Um, it was his rookie season. There's no way he can really play that. ODI wise, I don't actually mind it. I don't mind the idea of bringing over um, such a dominant and sound technique guy um, over into the white ball arena. Uh, like it's like they did with Manus last year. He was just so so dominant with the red ball that it was um, nigh impossible just to not get as many games into him as it pos- as um, possible, and um, subsequently develop him as an ODI cricketer, which. Um, as it stands right now, looks like a brilliant decision. He's, I think, he's already made three fifties and has a ton to his name already. Um, in, from an ODI standpoint, but furthermore, what I, um, what I really wanted to talk about, um, is because Mitch Marsh, um, they've overlooked him for like again, like the series is in basically a month's time, but they've overlooked him for this, um, for this white ball, white ball series multiple rap series but um because he's because he's been injured and they want to ease him back into it through australia a tour games which is like yeah that, that's cool that's cool um but a thing um i think like most people are sort of disregarding that just because like they just figure that miss mish marsh has been sort of out of the setup the last odi series we played against england the last odi series we won against england mitch marsh was there you know um and he has been like a he's been a he's been all right he's been all right in the ODI setup, um, and just being that you know that sixth sixth right yeah the sixth sixth bowling option or fifth bowling option you know um and and being able to chip in at the end I think he's definitely getting better at that but um, of course but they didn't 
they, they deemed the injury to be too much, or perhaps they just want to look at a few different things. So they've named three potential all-rounders. One is Marcus Stoinis, which we figured would be in the squad, um, just because he always always really is. He's just a sort of reserve. Um, Cameron Green was the other one. And the third was Moises Henriquez, which I'll, I'll get onto a bit later. Um, but the first one I'll talk about is Marcus Stoinis. And what is perhaps a bit different this um, perhaps this summer for, for Stoinis is he has been batting a bit lower in the IPL. For the most part, he's actually just been bumped up to three. And he, But he's been playing really, really well with the bat, and he's played a great finishing role. He's won multiple games for the Capitals. Um, he, he, choked, he choked the first game, but after that, he was, it was been, he's been superb. He's um, taken them to Super Overs and the like. Um, so it's sort of like, I'm not sure if that completely... Uh, well, it won't completely change the perception on him in the eyes of the selectors, but it might make them think about um, playing him down the order at six again, which is really um, a, the position across all formats is the position to get. It's the number six spot, um, the all-rounder position, basically. Um, and he's been he's been all right with the ball, I think. He's been like he's been uh, he's chipped in with the wicket, which is all you really want. Um, your batting all rounder to do, which is what they, which is all they're really searching for. They're not looking for like a ten over guy that um, that's also going to score tons. You know, they're just looking for a, a guy that can can either finish. Um, actually, I think more versatility is probably um, something that people often forget about ODI cricket, especially. You need a lot of versatility in the number six position. It's not just for your slogger, as they've tried to play Glenn Maxwell in the past, which has just been completely wrong. Um, but they're sort of seen from that point of him now. But it's also yeah, you need to be able to hold down, and then you can must be able to finish. But and then you you got a maybe like just a few overs at the other end if if you need a breakthrough. Um, generally, might bowl like four four to six is generally the like because Australia are going to have Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, and Sam. Actually, no, they they will have to share. Am I am I missing something? No. Star, yeah, Star Cummins, Hazelwood, and Zampa. Unless they play five bowlers, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Um, I'm definitely missing something there. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see if um Stoinis, because as we saw in the last ODI series, we um when he was just filling in for Steve Smith, who was injured, he didn't have a very good series at all. Um. And he was batting at three, which I think if you're going to play Stornis, that's where he has historically needed to be. He's needed to be either an opener or batting at three. Um, and so I think it's very in, it's very interesting that they chose, um, but but what he's been able to produce in the IPL now, because I think that can also bring in an element of, okay, is he a finisher now? Is he is he a guy we can play in that all rounder position? And I suspect that he might get. He might get first dibs, um, or the first game against India. I mean, this is like again before the rest of the domestics stuff is wrapped up, um, or the first until the Sheffield Shield break is wrapped up, until the IPL is finished. I think the One Day Cup starts before the White Ball series. I don't currently. I'm actually, is it even happening? I oh god, I can't even remember. But it, yeah, we haven't we haven't seen like the the full parts of everyone yet, um, so that's why I'm like hesitant to completely rule him out because yeah, I think he definitely does bring an extra element now to that all rounder position. 
if he has um if his IPL form is anything to go by then you know we could very well be seeing him back in the sixth position and perhaps thriving for us once more um as he did like a few years ago where he was like a genuine finisher um and then so the other the other all-rounder picked was Moises Henriquez which everyone is just sort of shocked by and I don't really understand it um because if you've watched especially the Sheffield Shield any domestic cricket at all over the last year and a half Moises Henriquez has been the best all-rounder he has been he's been exactly what you want a batting all-rounder to be um he's bowling he probably hasn't bowled as much as uh maybe the selectors would have liked which sort of makes me think maybe he won't get picked but um, he's in the he's in the ODI squad for the first time in three years, or ODI slash T20 squad for the first time in three years. Um, and I think there's actually a high there's a high possibility that he plays um, in the T20 series because they've really been chopping and changing there. There's no real set in stone order. It's like the only real locks you can have in that are um, Finch, Warner, Smith in the top order, uh, and, and Maxwell if you if you really wanted to. Because, like, Alex Carey just got dropped, you know? Um, but then he also went and scored 100 in the ODI series, so yeah, I don't know how how that goes. But, the, actually, no, Alex Carey will be, because they haven't picked another keeper. I oh, know, Matthew Wade is still a keeper, isn't he? He's still a keeper in the... the yeah, they could do that. Because Josh Phillippe hasn't been picked, which is sort of a shame. I thought they might um, go for the extra bowling option... Um, extra batting option, rather, in flip. Um, and if they need just, a, like, a, a variant... Um, then they could throw him in with the gloves into the T20. I think there was a lot of speculation going on um, when we were touring England earlier this year, whether perhaps Philippi was the guy to either A, replace Carey, or B, go in as a specialist batsman um, and, you know, just sort of yeah, finish off the inning because he's definitely got the spark within him. But um, no, instead they ch- they chose to go with an extra bowler in Daniel Sams, who won't get a game. Um, but then again, like, I guess... Like, they did omit Meredith, Ty, um, and who else? I can't remember. Oh, and Marsh. Um, yeah, anyway, that would be three bowlers, I guess. But you also got Sean Abbott in there, who's ahead of the pecking order, um, from Daniel Sams, anyway. And, and that's, that's interesting to think about, though. Um, yeah, so I would have liked to have seen a flip in there. But he still probably wouldn't have played, but, you know... I think in this position, there's more, there's so much more uncertainty, like as there always is with um, the Australian team, is there's so much more uncertainty with our batting than there is with our bowling. Like you basically got the two two locks, well, three locks in white ball cricket um, in Stark, Cummins, and Zampa, and then you generally got like Kane Richardson in there. Um, Hazelwood, I think, has cemented his spot in the ODI team now. So, and then, you know, that's that's sort of what it is. Um, you don't really need too much death unless, like, Hazelwood gets injured, I guess. But, um, anyway, I'm going off ch- off topic. Moises Henriquez is in the squad, and everyone is really surprised by it. Um, and if it were... If it were up to me, um, if we were to... If the tour of Bangladesh, the test tour, was to go ahead... Um, see, what, what would it have been? Three months ago now? I would have picked Moises Henriquez in the test team. I think he was absolutely the standout all-rounder. Um, oh, actually, no, Mitch Marsh is still, still still wasn't injured then. But I think Mitch, um, Moises Henriquez, like, we, he was, what, top five bat last year? Top three bat? I can't, 
remember the exact statistics, but he and he's he's really been holding his end, and he scored a, he scored a ton just in the um, first round of Shield already. He scored 146, I believe. Well, like there's been there's been plenty of times. Like to be honest, like in fairness to everyone that hasn't been batting um, into all the speculation, the pitches have been roads. They've been flat as anything. They've been pretty boring to watch. The only person that's really been able to get anything out of it at all has been Sean Abbott, who took, what, six for 80? Like, he, he was really on a spell. And Cam, he was bowling to Cameron Green up the other end, you know? Um, so that really speaks volumes to how good Cameron Green was batting. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Henriquez in the team. Like, I can't... I, I wouldn't be surprised to see either, like, any of these guys to be playing the number six role um, in the ODI team this is. Like, I haven't really thought too much about the T20 side just because there's so much variance and there's so much uncertainty around it. Um, like, it's just, you, you really need to see a larger sample size before um, you make, like, you draw more conclusions, I guess, um, and see, like, really what we need, see what the form guide is like. Um... Uh, Josh Philippi just by the way he did just um, take Aaron Finch's spot in uh, RCB's side which is a like I want to say it's good f it's good um, for Flip but it's also really bad because Aaron Finch is our national captain and he's just gotten dropped so like uh, I don't know I don't know how um, what that means for Aaron Finch this summer but you know that is what it is it is what it is Alex Carey hasn't really been getting many games. He's been stuck behind Richard Pant. Um, and you fair, fair. Pant's pretty good, especially if you Joe Morch. Um, yeah. So and then yeah. So Moises Henriquez, I would probably put. Yeah, I, I really, I really can't split the tops the those three arounders, guys. I really can't. I think if you want to go with your firm, I think. Henriquez is probably the safest option, right? But if you want to, like, really see where Stornis is at, you give him one game or two games, I mean, the sixth spot, and just see what he does, yeah? But then if you really, like, if things keep going on the right path, you pick Cameron Green. And there's been a lot of... Uh, there has been a bit of confusion. There's been a lot of mixed responses from what I've seen um, today. Because it's only... It's, I mean, it's only really been a few hours since they released the squad. But there has been a lot of mixed responses to Cameron Green um, being in the squad. Most of them, like, wow, he's actually here. It is, like, he's actually... The time's almost here. Like, our brightest prospect, um, Greg Chappell said, since Ricky Ponting, is here. Um, he's about... He's really close to a debut now. But then there's also some people like, huh, he hasn't really done anything in white ball yet? And to, like... And I sort of see, like, both sides of it because, like, obviously we all want to see Cameron Green play for Australia as soon as possible just because, like, he's, he's, a, he's what seems to be a generational talent. Um, but then you also got to look at what he did last season, like, in the Big Bash and all that, and he wasn't really that good. Whether the, he was just sort of out of his depth, he wasn't in the right role, whether he just, he just didn't know how to, he hadn't focused on that yet where there was all just, like, you know, ill thrown in the deep end, focused on first-class cricket. Um, it all remains to be seen. But what I think... What I think is the reason behind um, the selectors selecting Green at this point is... 
Cameron Green is meant to be bowling this week. He's meant to be bowling tomorrow or in tomorrow's match. Just, like, not going, like, full back to 100%, um, like, 20 over spells. Um, 20 over spells. 20 overs and in innings. Probably just, like, a couple overs here and there, like, as, like, a batting all-rounder would do, you know? Um... And perhaps still on the conservative side, <clears throat> but I read an article that said that he he um, he's not going to go like eighty percent when he does bowl, or he's going to go like full full hammer and tong, you know, do what he has to do um, to take wickets. He's going to bowl like what his um, new technique is. We haven't seen it yet, but if it's anything like based around his skill that we've seen with the ball in the past. And if it's and if it fixes injury woes, he's going to be pretty pretty nice. Um, but yeah, so there's still an entire like break until the sh- there's still to the break of the Sheffield Shield before we get to the White Ball series. And what I'm thinking the selectors are thinking is this point is Cameron Green is on track to um, get his bowling right, and he's in on track to get if he just keeps conserving, keeps conserving, keeps building in the end, keeps building. Maybe he does get back to being an opening bowler by the end of um, the shield break. I still think they'll probably be conservative with him just because that has seemed to be their approach over the last year, which I totally agree with because we've seen a lot of um, young cricketers' careers just being stuffed over, especially with the fast bowling like James Pattinson, Joel Paris, especially, yeah, for Western Australia, Joel Paris, um, who's back this su- he's back this summer, which is really, really good to see. But, um, yeah, James Pattinson could have been Mitchell Johnson and more. There's just so there's just so many, you know. There's um, and then uh, I can't, then there was a player bowled one fifty five, whose name escapes me. But he's but he kept getting injured as well. But um, you just you want to play it real conservative with Green. I think that's what Western Australia will do. But what I'm thinking the selectors are hoping is by the end of the Shield season he'll be back up to full health. He'll be back up to you know bowling properly and at that point they can throw him in as a genuine all-rounder for the ODI side um and then just progress him from there because if he is right as an all-rounder he will play right I think like if he can if he can get his bowling back to where like anything near it was like he averages 21 in first class cricket for god's sake if he can just get it in the postcode of that right get it averaging 30 for the rest of the season he will be in the... T- he will, like, he is the best all-rounder. I can't even, like... I, have, I haven't been around to see a good all-rounder, you know? Um, then, like, you sort of have to pick him. You just have to. He will be the number one all-rounder. It won't even be close, right? But if he if he doesn't, if he's still only bowling, like, these two-over periods, you know, um, and he's not he still doesn't feel it, or Western Australia aren't going to let him, then um, then they won't play him, and he'll, they'll just keep him around for the leadership um, sort of sort of thing around him, and they'll, um, you know, get, get him a taste of what international cricket is like. Um, yeah, if he's an all-rounder, he uh, 100% plays the ODI series, I think. Like, especially, you know, if he... This is just assuming, like, he doesn't go and score 20-20-20, you know? Um... Which I don't think will happen. He's got such a such a beautiful technique. Like, in my personal opinion, he's the best um, Australian batsman to watch at the moment. Like, even ahead of Marnus, he's just it just times it so beautifully. He's so orthodox. Um, 
and he, he's got like this little step in front of the wicket as well might um incorporate that into my own game but yeah it's, it's just so beautiful to watch and it is when he's at the top like the, he really there's no reason not to pick him you know other than his age you know um and you know i i totally understand that the argument you know don't rush him in with don't put all this pressure on the young players you need to give him a few years to look at them first and i totally agree because like will Pukowski, i'm like will Pukowski's biggest fan i'm now officially a stars fan now that he has signed at the um signed with the stars right um but yeah, you know, we see like if we rushed him in it wasn't he said himself it wasn't because of you know being selected for the test team that he had all these mental health issues but i you know it's it's fair to say that the pressure on him or the um the growing hype may have contributed to that or whether it was just you know just it, no things do just happen you know but it is it can be a lot of pressure to put on um yeah we saw jake doran jake doran that seems like an eternity ago he was touted as the next big thing for australia and he ended up just being pretty pretty average you know um he, actually no he scored, he scored a ton first round um which is what i don't know why i found that just so funny that you know he he was back and he's made his third first class ton he's averaging like 26 and now he's a mainstay in tasmanian's sheffield shield team which is a fair representation of how bad tasmania are going at the moment um i think they're probably like actually no that did they just beat south australia no no travis head just saved the match um yeah i think they're like the equal worst teams and then victoria's pretty low as well um but that's a side note but yeah if you if cam green is at 100 percent, you have you've got to pick him but if he's not if he's just still playing as a batsman if he's still only bowling this few overs then that's fine um they can always just release him from the squad um i'm not sure they will do i think they'd prefer to have more reserves with this whole um virus thing that i'm not allowed to say on the internet or youtube i'm not allowed to say it but with this whole thing going on i think they would prefer to get um a, a larger squad if you like um and just have more reserves and like it's it's always good to just get him um well he's not necessarily in the spotlight but he's just sort of around the vibe you know he's he'll be you know shaking hands with virat Kohli, you know um which is like that's pretty cool to think about if you're if you are cameron green you know um so shout out but anyway shout out to him for making the team um the rest of the batting lineup is pretty standard you would imagine it would go finch uh like it, it'll be basically the same team as we saw against england but then you've also like you got a minus marsh like at full strength like that series you you would minus stoinis and put in smith but now with stoinis's recent form do you like okay do we do we just take out marsh and then just move stoinis down from three to six yeah i i don't know i don't know how they play it because i mean they could play him at five actually yeah because glenn maxwell's been batting six and he actually he was been batting really well um, IPL wise, he's been he's been stinking it up. He has been for the last few seasons though in IPL. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know really what to make of that. I know how much you really want to take out of IPL, just for the Australians. Um, for guys like Philippi, it's obvious it's it's massive. You know, um, first inter- 
what sort of international IPL's based it's it's a pretty big stage to say the least you know it's big for Flip to get his contract like that Daniel Sams has been pretty alright too James Pattinson has been really really good um which is it's great to see that he's um he's not just getting back I think he's like back up to near like he'll never be back up to 100% health because like we saw that brief period of what James Pattinson could have been um and like he could have been he would easily be the best bowler in the world at the moment and I, I I've got no you know heart ha- heartfelt hopes um no that, that doesn't make sense ha I've got no I don't know no regrets saying that I guess you know I, I feel like I say that pretty confidently but it, it's it's good to see the um, obviously our bowling stocks are going to be fine, but it's good to see that we're getting more depth finally because we've we've been having to rely on, basically, you know, Warner, Smith, I mean, it was Kawaja for a while there, and then Mitch Stark. Um, that's That's been it for our ODI team. That's what we've had to rely on. Um, but you can we can now take take a few, few more notes. Um, there's plenty of good players coming through. But I'm really, really liking where that stands at the moment. As for our T20 side, it remains to be seen. I'll probably talk that talk about that on the next episode, and then we'll go into the available spots for the test team in an episode after that, which I have already sort of thought about. I was procrastinating in class the other day, and I was like, all right, this position's available. This is our depth. Here are the Smokies, you know. Um, so that'll be sort of interesting to talk about. But I think that'll just about do it for this episode of The Ding. Thank you very much for watching or listening wherever you are. Of course, um, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, the like. I think that's all of them. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, drop, drop a subscription if you're on YouTube. Keep downloading the pod. Uh, chuck it on automatic downloads if you could that'd be awesome 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 share it around to a couple mates um also if you're listening from my old cricket comments page uh welcome welcome to the big swing noting podcast this was the face um that ran that page uh and yeah this is well, this is i guess the next stage of cricket comments if you like um which yeah which yeah, if you're coming from that you would have seen the post by now which i haven't made but i will I don't know when it'll come out, probably tomorrow morning. Anyway, uh, thank you all very much for listening and watching, and play it through.